welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. Tis Friday. I have a mix of a show today for everybody, Frank. We've got some really serious stuff and then we've got some not so serious stuff. This is the way we're going to try and do Fridays if we can from now on. I'm going to start with this though. Um, the Gateway Pundit yesterday released an article and it's just absolutely terrible Photos leaked from a January 6th prisoner abuse situation. This guy has been tortured. He's been tortured this way five months in an isolation cell. It's basically a closet room with a light and a bucket for a toilet. How long? That's five five months months in this. Five months in this. He has to crap and pee in that yellow bucket behind him there. Oh my gosh. And he sleeps on that gym mat with the lights on 24 hours a day. Torture. And this has happened to him everywhere that he's been. He's been transported goodness knows many to- how many times. The entire article goes through the details of it. I really, He's the one who, sa- who um, talked about what Ray Epps had whispered in his ear. Jeez. I don't so know. Just a, what was going on before that? He was just recently arrested? No. He's been in there for two and a half years to how. And nobody's going to do anything about this. It is a human rights violation, the likes of which we should never see in this country. He is not accused of murdering anybody. And even if he were, he's innocent until he's proven guilty. No. You can you can get away with ten times worse in cities like the like in, in D.C. and in New York and places you can get away with ten times worse. And to see what a government is doing to people like this because they they are setting up a bigger plan that they have for the rest of us. That is, hey man, if, if that's not a that doesn't call you to uh, to attention. I worry about him now more so because this has gone absolutely viral, rightfully so. He had to have taken the calculated risk to decide that he wanted this out there and whatever punishment will come from it. But this somebody needs to do something about this. This is not acceptable. I, so who who got this out there because who had access to him? I don't know, but somebody took this. Maybe it's a guard inside who can't take what they're doing anymore. Who knows? Who knows? Wow. Well, I'd love to know who, who got access to him, who was willing to, to get this out, and who's going to – I mean, is there is there anybody with a soul in Congress? Is there any Democrat in Congress with a soul who's willing to break with their their uh, their murderous herd? For a little bit, anybody? And you know the crazy thing is that Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about it. If you remember, about a year and a half ago, they went and toured the prison because there were there were complaints about this too, and um, a lot of people are attacking her in the comments for talking about it. Like, I think that we should not necessarily do that. Maybe we should encourage more people to talk about it. Um, it's terrible. So pray for Ryan Samsel. So what's that in that in the corner? Is that a shower? 
Yeah, yeah it looks is like it, a slop sink, actually. Let's see, a, sl a sink. So is there any... Does he have a any toilet paper? No. It was just sitting in his waist. Yeah, pretty much. Jeez. I don't even... How do you even talk about this? Like... Anyway. No phone, no commissary, no commissary, no clothing. Um, no windows, nothing. For years. Um, so. Yeah, I, and, and the thing we're just set up, getting set up. It's insanity. So, um, I don't know if you know America First Legal, Frank, do you? No. America First Legal is a, I guess it's a not-for-profit started by Stephen Miller from the Trump administration. They have been lawfare for the the side of what is right and good for a while now, but I don't think very many people know what they're doing. They just launched an investigation in, in, in you know anticipation of legal filings into the activity of Fannie Willis related to the cost of how long of, of what this Trump investigation has been. They have sued Target on behalf of their shareholders for the decisions that Target has made. Mm -hmm. um, they are right now suing um, as a friend of the court in Arizona on behalf of Abe Hamaday, who has a 200 vote difference between him and the AG in Arizona right now when thousands of votes weren't even counted. Completely different than what we're used to in an election case. They um, are suing the governor of Washington over a radical bill that allows the state to hide kids from their parents so they can perform gender transitions like castration and mutilation. They, um, they have, they're the ones who were able to get the Facebook uh, messages that Jim Jordan got in front of the appeals court in Missouri v. Biden. Um, they are suing the UK-based nonprofit Center for Countering Digital Hate, who's co like colluding with the United States government to censor. Um, I mean, there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of lawsuits that they filed. If you don't know who they are, go to their website, aflegal.org. Support these guys. I mean, seriously, they these aren't like flimsy little things they're filing these lawsuits are hardcore serious and we need this so badly on our side so nice yeah super important um, hey you know what is judicial watch doing these days are they i haven't i don't really see i mean i'm sure they're out there but i haven't seen anything personally from tom fitton in a while so i don't know what they're up to that was the uh that used to be the the only thing that organization that I would uh, track for things like this. Yeah, I haven't seen any of what Judicial Watch is currently doing either. That doesn't mean they're not doing anything. I just haven't seen it. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure. Um, That's good, though. That's great to see. Yeah, it sure is. Um, then Brianna Morello tweeted out, she's been trying to get in touch with Kemp because... They were there when 40,000 signed affidavits in Georgia were delivered to him. And there's video of this, boxes and boxes and boxes of them. Signed affidavits of witnessing voter fraud in Georgia or experiencing it themselves. And they won't respond to 40, it. 40,000 in Georgia alone. In Georgia alone. <laughs> yep. Um, 
We have some good news coming out of there. Colton Moore, senator from Georgia, Georgia state senator, calls for an emergency session to review what's going on with Fannie Willis. He says, we the undersigned being duly elected members of the Georgia House of Representatives and Senate and comprising three-fifths of each respective House, pursuant to Article 4, Section 2, Paragraph 7B, hereby certify to you in writing with a copy to the Secretary of State that in our opinion an emergency exists in the affairs of the state requiring a special session to be convened under that section for all purposes to include without limitation the review and a response to the actions of Fannie Willis. And here he is on Charlie Kirk show. To Governor Brian Kemp. Dear Governor Kemp, we, the undersigned, being the duly elected members of the Georgia House Representatives and Georgia Senate, and compromising three-fifths of each respective house pursuant to Article 4, Section 2, Paragraph 7B, making sure my Roman numerals are right, hereby certify to you in writing with a copy of the Secretary of State that in our opinion emergency exists in the affairs of the state requiring a special session to be convened under that section for all purposes to include that limitation, the review and response of the actions of Fannie Willis. Sincerely, Colton Moore. Colton, welcome to the program. Tell us about it. I have a job to do as a senator, Charlie, and part of that job in the legislature is providing oversight. The Constitution gives us some tools to do that. First of which is the power of the purse, right? We control the money. And my constituents, Georgians, outside of the city of Atlanta, don't feel that their tax dollars ought to be used for this type of purpose. You know, we've also got the power to investigate any judicial or executive official. And we ought to be doing an investigation on Fonnie Willett. And if that investigation turns out that she's corrupt, like many of us suspect, it's time for impeachment. Republicans in the state of Georgia are asleep at the wheel. Okay, everything is talk, talk, talk. I talked to my- Damn right, damn right. God bless this guy, because this should be happening everywhere. Enough of this nonsense already. People who've been voted in that have the power to do something, even if they think it won't work, should be doing it. Yeah. That's great. It's great to see. Yeah. And then Newt New Gingrich came out. Did you hear this? I, I saw the headlines, but I didn't see the the actual video. I've got it. Also on the Charlie Kirk show. That I am told, this is hearsay, but I am told by a reliable source that Friday evening, somebody from Washington called the district attorney in Atlanta and said, you have to indict on Monday. We have to cover up all of the mistakes we just made with Weiss. And she said, hmm. apparently, my jurors aren't coming back till Tuesday. And they said, you didn't hear me. You have to indict on Monday. So that's why and the she leak she said, we're not going to get here before noon. They said, it doesn't matter. She said, this, this means it's going to be 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock at night. They said, it doesn't matter. We need the news so media who, shifting. Who, who, off ma of who made that phone call? We don't know. And I'm, and I'm telling you up front, this is hearsay, but it's from a person who has remarkably good I, I, sources. I totally believe it, though, because that would explain why they leaked and they messed up on the clerk document, why she was exhausted, and why they had the 11 p.m. press conference, Mr. Speaker. That I am told. Yep. This is hearsay. Yep. No, that is, uh, that, is, that is a lot more than hearsay because it, 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 everything about this was very unusual, and you can tell that it, it was... It, <laughs> You could tell that it was it needed to happen that night for some reason. I and tweeted out that night. Yeah, we always indict people at 10 p.m. on a Monday before he was actually, quote, indicted because it's so weird. So what's the uh, what's the, the what's the Weiss? What's the Weiss screw up? What that he's talking about? They appointed 
Weiss as special counsel over Hunter Biden. And he was the attorney that was that was that said the U.S. attorney. He said, I can't I can't I can't prosecute Hunter Biden. They won't let me. And then reversed himself when Merrick Garland perjured himself on the stands. You know what I mean? Like it was the whole thing yeah. about. Yeah, it was okay, that. I get it. And, the, and he appointed Weiss special counsel. Everybody freaked the hell out about it. And I guess they wanted to divert the news cycle away from that. And so they used, like, the other thing that nobody's saying about this is that they just assumed he'd be indicted. What if the grand jury didn't return an indictment when they brought them back in? Like, is nobody else going to talk about that? Right. Indict tonight. Like, what if they didn't want to? So is there, (laughs) so I get, the jury had no choice then, huh? Or, or... Do you guys know exactly who's on the jury? We do. Yes. And they, and you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, there are a lot of people out there, especially in certain districts, even in red states, who would lie at this point about their impartiality to um, to just be part of history because so many people want to. Uh, do grand jurors have to be impartial? Do they do a voir dire on on grand jurors, or do they just assign you to a grand jury? I don't know. I'm asking. I, I would hope so. Why would that standard not be met for any kind of jury that's that's going to be convened to take? I mean, that because that in that case, you can bring anybody you want to trial, just anybody for any reason with no no buffer. What's the standard? Maybe maybe it is. I that's uh, but that sounds really stupid. Um. Selected at random by a fair subsection of uh, I'm trying to see. I'm going to have to look that up and figure selection. Here we go. Federal law requires the grand jury be selected at random from a fair cross-section of the community in the district or division in which the federal grand jury convenes. Thus, all citizens have an equal opportunity and obligation to serve. They're, no, no, they're drawn at random. Does it have to be unanimous or? You need 16 of 18, I believe. So it doesn't have to be unanimous. Mm Mm-mm. I guess that, I guess depending on the district they can they can be pretty confident that they're going to get their what they want but that's just still the the confidence in the phone call that Newt is saying allegedly happened that's that uh that suggests a whole other level of control but whatever yeah and then I want everybody to look out for misinformation about things it's being spun on all sides by people who are looking to weaponize this politically. Um, and I want everybody to be careful about that. This, this person tweeted out, Mark Meadows offered cash from Trump campaign to investigator auditing Georgia's mail-in ballots. That's not what happened. Mark Meadows said, hey, if the Trump campaign helped you fund this a little bit, could you get this done quicker? Meaning... Could you bring in more people if we helped fund their salaries and get this done before the deadline? That happens a lot. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's stupid to frame it that way. 
because it makes it look like they're trying to offer him a bribe, and that's not what happened at all. So just keep eyes out for that. Um, hmm. Keep eyes out for that. Also, one more thing on that. I wanted to go over this part of it because I don't think they even thought about how they're going to try this case in Georgia, Frank, at all, let alone by March 4th which is when Fannie Willis wants it. Alan Dershowitz says this. The Georgia prosecutor who indicted Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants, yes, she indicted them, the grand jury merely rubber stamped it, has said she will try to bring the case to trial within six months. He says, I've been practicing criminal law for 60 years. I have never seen a trial with 19 defendants, a 90 plus page indictment, and this degree of complexity brought to trial in anywhere close to six months. It simply can't happen. One serious problem with it is that the 19 defendants may not all share the same state of mind or intent. I'm aware of no evidence that Trump himself ever expressed doubts about his certainty that the election was stolen. Even when RICO and conspiracy are charged, individual guilt must be proved with beyond a reasonable doubt. American law does not recognize guilt by association. Every defendant has to have the requisite intent and that intent must be proved in every case beyond a reasonable doubt. 40 or more lawyers that are likely to be involved in this case will have different trial schedules. Although this is a state rather than a federal case, it's being brought by a highly politicized Democrat who is clearly seeking to serve the interests of her party and her preferred candidate. So like the logistics of it alone are too complicated to have it happen in six months. Think about the individual discovery that needs to be made to all 19 people. They all have a different, they might all have a different defense. Yeah. They all have a different team of lawyers. They're not allowed. I would be stunned if they had the same attorneys, which is going to be another problem for people because there's conflict of interest then if you're representing more than one defendant in the same case. For example, in Florida right now, the government is trying to get one of the attorneys for, um, I think it's NADA, to have to recuse himself or step back from something because he's also representing some of the potential witnesses they may call to the stand and he can't represent the witnesses and the defendant at the same time unless the defendant has clearly said, I don't care, we're gonna move forward. And even when the defendant does that, the court has the ability to step in and say, no, this wouldn't be, uh, this wouldn't be good for you as a defendant, so we're gonna, ch we're gonna change out your attorney. The court can do that if they feel like a defendant or isn't gonna get representation that they deserve, fair representation, so. There's that. There's that. Then, real quick on the Georgia thing, one thing I haven't dabbled in yet is this Ruby Freeman stuff. Do you remember on the show, we played some of the recordings of her from the police station? It was muffled. Um, I, I don't remember the police station recordings, but... Trump had released maybe. them on Truth Social. It I, was I, I thought I had seen everything that all the media that had to do with her. So maybe I just don't remember it, but I had seen it. He released like three or four different recordings with no comment with them at all. And it was Ruby Freeman basically admitting to shenanigans. Um, reading through the, this article says, reading through the 41 or the 98 page Fulton County indictment, the facts are already well known. One major event involves Ruby Freeman. Based upon my discussion with witnesses, this low-level Georgia poll worker got spooked after the November election 
and asked to speak at a police station and cop to witnessing and participating in voter fraud in the state. Since then, the story in the media has flipped. Rather than whistleblowing on Democrat voter fraud, um, Ruby Freeman is the victim of witness intimidation. Bringing her to the witness stand and disclosing the evidence she provided, including the police got body cam footage where she admits to the fraud, is probably not wise for Democrats in the state. Oh, wait, wait. I do. This is where she where she admits to putting the uh, the boxes of ballots under the table and that admits that there are more people involved than her. Right. And and yes. And in this indictment, there's a portion where the man who goes to her house and tells her you're in danger, you need protection. Is being charged with furtherance of a conspiracy for warning her about that. There is a whole subplot of this that not many people have dug into yet because they're Truthfully, I have to sit down and pull all the pieces together. But So it's furtherance of a conspiracy to warn somebody about the conspiracy. The Because the, oh. those are two conflicting conspiracies now. Something weird happened with Rumble. It's freezing up for people. And it just disappeared. And now it's back. Sorry about that, guys. Refresh your screen. Yeah, so, yeah, it's conspiracy for them to do that. To warn her yeah. that they're going to be looking into the conspiracy that never that never happened. The conspiracy that happened, but it didn't happen the way everybody's saying it did. Well, they said, but the, what I'm saying is, if he's saying that you need to be careful, somebody's going, they're going to come looking, they're looking into this, whatever. What are they looking into? The mainstream media says it's frivolous and there's nothing there that is actually part of the conspiracy that's been furtherance by everybody else it's just it's just crazy some it's of crazy. these some of these i can't stand to just not scream about and this fulton county one is just so utterly absurd it is it is laughable here's a little news clip this is the last we're doing on this today but here we go and linda shay alexander says she was oh under- that's terrible never mind the sound is just terrible Forget that. Okay. I want to break this up a little bit with the joke from a young man. How's that? Sure. Where's my joke from the young man? Here it is. He's on a news show somewhere in, I don't know, Australia, I guess. It's funny as hell. It's very short. Listen carefully. A vegan and a vegetarian are jumping off a cliff to see who hit the bottom first. Who wins? I don't know. Who wins? Society. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) We weren't expecting that. (laughs) Me neither. Delightful. Oh, and there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he just did, Mum. He just did. And Carl has... A A vegan and a vegetarian. (laughs) Cows win, I guess. I guess. Some of these cows are treated better than most people. I know. Until the, until the moment that they have to get their throat cut. Well, they're treated than the guy better than the Samsel in, in D.C., the, the gulag. That's for damn sure. Yes. Yes. Um, no doubt. Did you see what happened in North Carolina? What? The North Carolina House of Representatives has 
stood up and overridden the veto of Cooper on a ton of different bills. Preventing biological men from competing in women's sports. He, 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 he signed to put that in law that, that he vetoed that. He vetoed that law that they, they voted in. So like they wanted to put a law in that said that men can't compete in women's sports. He vetoed it. They overrode his veto. Prohibit gender transition surgeries and puberty blockers for minors. They overrid that veto. Expand access and streamlined approval of charter schools. They overrid that veto. Affirm parental rights over children's education, well-being, privacy, and safety. They overrid the veto on that. And block costly new home building energy regulations. They overrode his veto on that. To think that the governor was... Think about how many people the governor was trying to harm. Yeah. That one one person, with every veto, he put so many people's lives in danger, so many children's lives in danger. Yeah, and they have a supermajority now because a Democrat crossed over to become a Republican because of issues like this. Yeah. That she just couldn't stand. The the NBC News writes uh, an article, transgender youth in North Carolina lost access to gender-affirming treatments after the GOP-led legislature overrode the Democratic governor's veto. And I said, transgender youth in North Carolina saved from permanent bodily injury after GOP-led legislature upheld the will of the people and saved them. I fixed it. There you go. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I, yeah, there's no words. Yeah, so there's that. Um, I kind of want to... What time is it? 9.12? There, there's a, a lot of attacks going on on moms um, in Democrat-led cities who are speaking out on behalf of their parents. Um, the, proge- the progressive Democrats of Benicia have gone after this one mom, got her uh, fired from her job, basically destroyed her life for saying this at a school board meeting. Hello, I'm Janet Robertson. I have three children in the district, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, At the last meeting, my time to speak was cut short, and there was so much to say about the new sexual education curriculum. I realize the curriculum has already been approved. I also realize that Ms. Rice, who I incorrectly was referring to as a doctor (laughs) last week or last month, um, explained that only three families out of 4,500 students in Benicia voiced concern about the curriculum. Our family has also been told that we can simply have our children opt out of the sex ed classes if we have an issue with the classes. But I would like to say to you, who are entrusted to represent and make decisions for our children, and to the community that may be watching this video, that we have a big concern with what is now being taught to children as young as 10 in Benicia, such as children are being asked to identify their pronouns, and this is now part of the 10-year-old curriculum. This forces a gender discussion beyond the scope of the state requirements and complicates an already overburdened classroom environment. We are alarmed that gender identity is now being discussed in math classes. This takes time from core learning and does not benefit the students or our community. Teaching kids that there isn't any standard or truth and that you can believe anything you want to believe is not scientifically accurate or medically correct. For example, the notion that a girl can decide to be a boy or a boy can decide to be a girl is not true and should not be taught. The new curriculum teaches that individuals can decide if they're male or female regardless of anatomy, does not explain that a boy cannot menstruate and a girl cannot impregnate someone. This is not scientific or medically accurate. 
Our 10-year-olds will now be taught that they can receive puberty blockers to prevent their body from going through changes that make them uncomfortable. All humans are uncomfortable during adolescence. To teach vulnerable children that a lifetime of dependence on medical care is a viable option is completely unacceptable and evil, frankly. The new curriculum encourages gender confusion, not gender clarification. All parents should question how this is helpful, scientifically sound, or medically accurate. 12-year-olds will now be taught about oral and anal sex. 12-year-olds. So I get a little emotional about this because I think that's wrong. Um, the Ed Code 51933 requires that instruction and materials should be appropriate for use of pupils. This is how it goes. Very even keeled, very scientific, very straightforward. They have literally set their sights on her. And, and remember, as per them, there's only three families in the whole district. So nothing she's saying here is going to affect anything, right, Frank? I mean, she's in a ridiculous minority of parents. Imagine, imagine be, having the nerve to say that, that in any district, there's only going to be three families that don't want uh, that don't want their children being being taught all this crap. That in itself is just a. I don't even need to know anything about Benicia. It's a lie. It it it's a hundred. There's no way that that all of these parents are okay with their twelve year olds learning anal sex in school as part of a curriculum. It's just not. It's just not. She was fired from her job. They've gone after her um, by literally, she was fired a day before a large commission was to be paid to her. No reason was given for terminating her contract. They even acknowledged she had been a top agent. This has been had a dramatic impact on her livelihood, costing her tens of thousands of dollars. And she is suing. She's suing. Unbelievable. I think we're going to end the show today early. But we're going to end it with something really, really funny because that's how I want to. Oh, wait, before we do that, <laughs> you're uh, you're in New York, Frank. Listen, I think so. Listen to this. This is a national and statewide issue that has been unjustly dropped into the lap of New York City <laughs> residents. We only make up. 0.05 of the land mass in New York State. 0.05. But guess what? You make up 2 million voters, you... D <laughs> That's what Only we... Only 205. <laughs> oh, point. Wait, this is unjustly inconceivable. Sanctuary city. Makeup. Yet, we are housing over 99% of the migrants. This is... <laughs> um, so, um, so Eric, uh, Eric, sweetie, you know that your 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 friend in Washington D.C. and all your friends there, they have been um, they've been shipping these migrants. They have been human trafficked from the border uh, via first class flights overnight into Westchester County, the richest county in, I believe, the entire United States. That's been going on for one to two years at least. You understand that? that this is a federal human trafficking operation. You know that. You, you, why are you acting? <laughs> I just what these are. Um, he asked man. for it. They they stood up there and proudly proclaimed how they were a sanctuary city. Right. Proudly. Right. We are a sanctuary city for immigrants. And now. So what does this mean? So what does this mean? Upstate's going to get it. We need to send them back. 
Nope. It's not that he's not acknowledging how many people are 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 protesting and looking for someone to help them because the the crime, the sexual assault, the level of filth that is uh, that is pervading all, all things now. It's out of control. They're not talking about the impact, because, of course, if these were angels that showed up, uh, if they were all chefs and skilled workers and families and what they, they, they're sent from heaven and all that stuff, then there would be it's the impact. It's all negative impact. It is aggressive. It's confrontational. And instead of talking about that and how they all should be put back onto buses and planes and sent back to the country's from whence they came, uh, he's probably wondering why we don't send more of them to Niagara, why we don't send them to Putnam and Dutchess County. Or Riverhead. County. Yeah, we, we need to just spread this out throughout this big, big, glorious uh, state of New York. We're, so we should be a sanctuary state. So they're uh, they're not, and like I said, it, they're, it's not going to be confined to New York. It's not a giant ice wall. There's not a giant ice wall that keeps everybody in New York confined to New York. If you think it's it's always nice to say, "Ha ha, eat your words, freaks." It's going to bleed into other blue states, purple states, red states. The fact that they're in the United States is bad for all of us. Yep, I don't see him demanding that Biden do something to close the border ever. Well, one time he did. There was one press conference where he did say something to that effect. Here's how we're ending the show today. Nobody go anywhere. Promise you it's worth it. Stay here. Okay. This is a family. A mom and a dad. Frank, listen closely. (laughs) This is going to make you laugh. It's going to. Here we go. Because I have a question for you. Why did I overhear Riley telling Mason that I was foaming at the mouth when I was having Bailey? What? Tonight before bed, (laughs) I had to stop Riley (laughs) because she was telling our four-year-old that mom was foaming at the mouth when she... (laughs) (laughs) She was... Riley, okay, our six-year-old was telling our four... That moms foam at the mouth when having babies. And I need to understand why they think I was foaming at the mouth. Rabies. You told me rabies? I thought she asked about rabies. I sit down. Get on with it, dude. She said, does it hurt when you have rabies? (laughs) Did she say babies? I thought she asked about rabies. (laughs) I told her basically that it really, really hurt. Start foaming at the mouth. <laughs> she said oh, babies. <laughs> she said when moms have babies, they foam at the mouth. <laughs>
whoops, looks like they have to have a little talk the next day. <laughs> Got to clarify that. <laughs> oh, goodness. We'll go out with this. You have been listening to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans, you can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30, uh, at 2.30 a p.m. It's okay. Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday live streaming, hopefully glitch-free on Rumble, Getter, and Twitter. And make sure you check out Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on QuiteFrankly.tv and also on Rumble. We'll be back here on Monday. You can go, Frank. I'm going full screen and going out with our entry song for the podcast listeners. Later. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, get up. I think I got go. Time to wake up, bitch. Get up. Get up.